You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Bowtech Archery prides themselves on offering a bow for everyone. Whether you have a short draw length, a long draw length, pull 70 pounds or 40 pounds, you're a bow hunter or a target archer, they offer a bow that can be customized to fit your body type. On top of that, their deadlock technology allows you to fine-tune your arrow flight. Visit BowTechArchery.com and check out the SR350 and the CP28. Bowtech Archery, refuse to follow. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. I hope y'all are ready for this one because we have so much to cover. This is, uh, yeah, this is just going to be a really, really good episode. So I hope you guys are ready for it. Um, I could talk for like 30 minutes in this intro. I'm not going to do that because uh, my guest and I, we went, we did a full hour, just the two of us, had some really great conversation. And so I want to get you guys to that, but I do have some things I want to talk about. Uh, first off, I am recording this here intro on September 1st, which means hunting season is officially here. I actually went dove hunting this morning. My boss and I played a little hooky and uh, went out to some land. Not a lot of dove flying. We actually saw a decent amount, um, but there was just like they weren't concentrated anywhere. Uh, they were just kind of some local dove, I guess. They were flying every which way. We couldn't really get on them very good. Uh, I fired two shots and killed two doves, so I am pretty proud of that. Um, but there just there wasn't a ton of action, even though we saw a decent amount of birds. Um, anyway, it was great to get out there, did a little bit of hunting, so that was awesome. And then I leave tomorrow for Nebraska, and so I I am super excited about that. Um, I got all my junk laid out across the bed. I still got to pack. I still got to get my stand ready. Um, my wife and I are switching vehicles this weekend. Uh, so I'm actually going to be taking her, uh, Jeep Cherokee and, uh, and yeah, I just have a whole lot to do. Uh, but I'm going to edit this here podcast first and get it out to you guys. So, um, one thing I wanted to touch on real quick, I've been, uh, kind of switching, changing gears from shooting the longbow a whole lot to shooting my compound. And, uh, this is probably the least I've ever shot my compound bow leading up to a season. Um, because I've been so enamored and loving the longbow so much, just when I have time to shoot, when I go out to practice, I end up grabbing the longbow. Um, but for my Nebraska trip, uh, you know, it's a very quick trip. I only have really two, maybe two and a half days to hunt. Uh, I'm going to be in unfamiliar territory, never stepped foot on this place. And so I'm going to leave the, leave the longbow here, take the compound. 
Uh, so I, I picked it up about a month ago to kind of start shooting. And uh, it's weird because, like I said, I, I shot the least I've ever shot it leading up to the season. But I am definitely shooting the best I have ever shot. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm going to thank the longbow for that. I think I don't know how it translates because it's, it's pretty darn different. Um, but I guess just the concentration, the thinking through the shot, like how, how dialed in you have to be to make that longbow accurate, it's translating over to the compound. And I am shooting as good or better as I've ever shot. And so that is actually very, very exciting. Um, and so I never even put field tips on my arrows. Uh, I had three practice arrows, I had three practice broadheads, uh, and I've just been shooting those nonstop, and guys, I'm feeling really good, like, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna knock on wood, like, I feel like if I screw it up, it's definitely my fault, and not my bow, which is probably how it's supposed to be, um, but yeah, like, 20, 30, even 40, I've, I've honestly never been that super confident at 40 yards, I've always been kind of a 30 and in guy, and really prefer those 20 yard shots. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say I'll take a 40 yard shot, but I'm feeling like I could, like if I needed to, if the situation was right, I feel like I could make a 40 yard shot. And I don't know if I've ever been this confident in that before. So, so that feels great. Um, I feel very dialed in, got a stack of gear here on the bed. I've kind of been sorting through, uh, what I'm going to take. Um, I don't know if I talked about it or not. When I, when I initially gathered all my gear up, I could not find my spotting scope. And I was very sad. I was like, I'm finally going to like a wide open state where I can actually see and, you know, actually use a spotting scope. And I couldn't find it. Uh, But last time I was at the ranch, I tore my room apart and I found it. So I got that, got my binoculars, uh, got my phone scope. And so I'm excited to actually do some glassing. And so I'm still kind of working out my strategy. Uh, I know I did a whole episode on it, but uh, my hope is that I'll be able to get there tomorrow night, which is Friday night after work. Uh, if I can do that, I'm probably just going to wake up early Saturday morning and plop down on a hill and do some glassing. And so my first actual hunt will be Saturday afternoon. Um, but who knows, you know, if I like, I have a few spots marked on Onyx that I feel very confident in. Um, so if I'm really feeling good, if the wind's right, I might go in there and hunt, but I don't know. Like, I, I, I've never been there. And so, like, on Onyx, it looks like I could hang a stand and potentially see a lot. Uh, but when I get there, I don't know if that's going to be true. And so I feel like I need to just be patient and take that first morning, scout, look for deer, just figure out where the deer are going to be, and then start hunting them. So so we'll see how that works out. Um, if I if I end up not getting off work in time, I probably will have to stop somewhere along the way and not get there until uh, Saturday morning. If that's the case, I'm just immediately going to get boots on the ground, get in there, I have to like I have to be aggressive. Uh, I only have so many hunts. I only have two evenings, and those you know I think are going to be by far the best. Um, so I'm going to be super aggressive, and and I can't wait. Like I'm very excited about it. I'm I'm like I'm I'm not hunting public land, but I feel like this is a out of state public land hunt because it's a smaller track. Um, it gets a lot of pressure from the neighbors, and it's going to like. I'm not going back there. Like it's going to be in and out. So I don't care if I, you know, booger it up or leave my scent or anything like that. Like I'm there for a very short time to accomplish a goal of killing a deer. So super excited about that. Um, yeah. Uh, dove hunted, about to go deer hunting, got my stuff together, shooting my bow. Great. What else is there? Got some more work at the ranch done last weekend. Um, feeling very good. Got a couple feeders filled, but not all of them. Uh, I was I was not expecting to get all my food plots sprayed because our sprayer was broke down. 
Uh, but my brother, shout out to him. He actually got it fixed before I got there. So I was able to get all my food plots sprayed. Um, I went ahead. I, I bought like one bag of wheat. And then I bought, I had a couple like turnips and radish bags left over from last year, like the little quarter acre bags. And then I picked up two more um, domain uh, big sexy jugs, I think, like half acre deals. Um, so after I got them all sprayed uh, the next day, I went around and went ahead and threw out some of that seed just by hand, uh, just to try to get some some growth. We got a lot of rain chances this next coming uh, upcoming week, um, and so you know maybe I'll get a little a bit of growth out of that. And then whenever I get back, hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, I'll be able to hook the drill up to the tractor. You know the chemical will have had time to do its work, and I'm just going to drill right through what I broadcasted, and no problem there. So so that's the plan. I feel like I'm talking 90 miles an hour, but like I said, I just I feel like I have so much inter- information that I want to get out there in such a little time. But uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap that up. I'm very excited to go hunting. That's kind of the gist of that. This week on the show, we have Darren Yoder, and uh, I met Darren at the ATA show, and me and him hit it off. We sat there and talked for over an hour. Uh, I remember talking to him, and like my throat started hurting because I just I just don't talk that much that often. Uh, except for when I'm talking to you guys. Um, but yeah, Darren's a great guy. Uh, he's the owner of Forerunner Blinds, and uh, and then has recently, he actually mentions that we're the first podcast that he's kind of gone public with it. Uh, they've recently purchased Monster Meal, uh, which is a attractant, supplement, um, mineral company. Uh, so he's kind of got the double whammy there. And then make sure you guys stick around to the end, because after we talk about his two companies, uh, I just kind of, we talk about some general like deer stuff. We talk about, uh, big buck management. We talk, you know, like I mentioned he's from Iowa. He's from, you know, what most people see as the, the God's country of whitetail deer. And so we talk about like things Oklahoma could do to help them could to be more like Iowa, or is it possible for Oklahoma to be like Iowa? We talk about, you know, one buck versus two buck. We talk about shooting does, how most people don't shoot enough does, when to shoot does, uh, and so, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite conversations that I've ever had with a guest. Uh, so, yeah, so we got Forerunner Blinds, we got Monster Meal, and then we have just me and Darren kicking it back and, and talking deer hunting. So so that's what we have this week. I hope you guys are ready. This is going to be a little bit longer of an episode, but I think that's okay. Deer season's here, guys. Well, I, I mean, not quite for everybody. <laughs> deer season's here for me because I'm getting to go out of state to Nebraska. Hunting season is here. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, and yeah, I, I'm so happy. I hope y'all can hear it in my voice. I'm so happy. So yeah, that's what we got planned for today. I hope you guys are ready for it. It's a great, great episode. Um, follow me on social media, send me some messages, get out there, shoot your bow, shoot your rifle, whatever you're going to be hunting with, get out there and practice because deer season is right around the corner. So we're going to hear from our sponsors real quick, and then we're going to dive into the episode. Hope you guys are ready. I'll catch you guys on the other end. And here we go. Have you ever had second thoughts about what stand you should climb or what time you should hunt? I know I have. If you're in the same boat and want to make a more informed decision using the trail camera photos you're seeing, Deer Lab was made for you. Deer Lab is a web-based app that takes your photos and turns them into hunting intel, allowing you to make data-driven decisions during the hunting season. Visit DeerLab.com to learn more and start your 30-day free trial. If you like what you see, Use my coupon code Oklahoma Outdoors, all one word, to receive 20% off any plan. I guarantee you, after using Deer Lab, you'll never look at your trail camera photos the same. 
Arrowhead Land Company continues to change the game in Oklahoma real estate. They have added new agents and more listings across the state to further help you reach your goals of buying or selling land. Their hardworking, goal-oriented mindset puts you and your needs first. No matter if you're looking for a prized hunting ranch, a family farm, or just a little piece to build your dream home on, Arrowhead Land Company can help. Private Water Fishing has opened up dozens of private lakes in Oklahoma and Texas for your personal use. You can reserve your own professionally managed lake for a whole or a half day and are even allowed to bring guests. No boat, no problem. Most of these lakes have some type of watercraft on site for you to use free of charge. And again, these aren't just little farm ponds. These are 10 plus acre private lakes professionally managed for large bass. Some of these lakes even pay you for taking out undesirable fish. You could literally pay for your day of fishing by fishing. If this sounds good to you, go to privatewaterfishing.com and sign up for your membership. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show, and we got a very special guest. We're talking to my buddy Darren Yoder. How you doing, Darren? Good. How are you doing, John? I'm doing just fine. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm I'm pretty sure you're my first ever Iowa guest. Well, that's fantastic. That's a privilege, brother. Exactly. <laughs> that is yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's, and, uh, that's yeah, awesome. You and I met at the uh, ATA show back in, what, January, I guess it was? And, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we bonded over ranching with our families and, and the, the joys and struggles that come along with that. And, uh, yes. Yeah, you and I talked for, we talked for a good hour there, and I was asking Iowa deer questions, and you were asking hog hunting questions, and so I had a grand old time. Yep, yep, yep. Cool, so, man. No. Go ahead. No, no, that's what I was going to say. I I think it was, um, yeah, on Saturday there at the ATA show mm-hmm. there. Um, stopped by, and yeah, good chat. Just uh, I appreciate meeting people that kind of share the same interests and backgrounds and stuff like that. So, yeah, good and, stuff, yeah, good stuff. You had some cool products there that, that caught my eye, and we're going to get to those in just a second, but... Before we go too much further, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and then we'll dive into it. Sure. Um, I'm Darren Yoder. I own Forerunner Blinds. Um, we've a, we're a small blind company out of southern Iowa. Um, kind of the way that I started, which I've told you, John, the story is we started back in uh, basically 2018. Um, we farm and ranch here and uh, run a bunch of cattle and a bunch of bucking bulls and different things like that, and I uh, had a brother that was hurt in a horse wreck, so um, we uh, were avid bow hunters, and he was in a wheelchair at the time, and he, he was during bow season there, and he was kind of like, well, I can't really do too much, and I said, we'll get you out there, so we ended up, made a blind, and a portable blind, it's got soft sides on it, you know, it's got your zipper windows in it, and shooting windows on the corners, and and um has no flat wheels on it and so when you pop your wheels down it lays flat on the ground or, or you can pop your wheels up and it's it's got like a, a little two inch ball receiver hitch on it and you can pull it around with your e-bike or your side by side or kind of whatever you want to do it you know with a foil or whatever so anyway i made a several amount in the shop there here at home and just had some buddies stop by that we managed so up here we managed some uh decent properties and uh you know you're always getting them guys stopping by and saying hi and they seen them and kind of went from one thing to the next they're like hey you ought to manufacture some of them so that's kind of the way we started john um 
<laughs> believe it or not, we started, yeah, um, trying to seek out some manufacturing and some things like that. And um, I want it to be a made in America product. Um, and uh, so pursued that, I guess, and uh, um, launched in basically 2019. And of March of 2020, we had our first show at the Iowa Deer Classic and our last show because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of where uh, we we got we just kind of got stuck. Um, besides of doing besides doing you know social media stuff and selling to local um, how would you say ranches around here that that have you know people come in and do a little deer hunt and stuff like that. So so yeah, um, we kind of struggled through that and uh, and then we had our first ATA out there um, where I met you and. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of who we're about, I guess. Um, we enjoy outdoors. Uh, it's me and my my wife and three kids. We we hunt and fish and eat it up. I I've got a oh uh, well, I got two girls and a little boy and and Cole. He's all about it. Shot his first first doe last year and out of it and boy he was pumped up. My goodness, he was he was he was all pumped up. But but you know that's just like I said that's that's who we are. We're not a big corporate company. Um, I enjoy seeing families get outdoors and I think that's what kind of you and I talked about just you know ranching and family stuff and what makes kind of America go around you know um, and yeah so um, we got um, you know it's got um, Realtree we're partnered up with Realtree um, we use their Realtree Edge um, um, camo so uh um, and they've been great to work with. I uh, want to give them a big shout out because they've been great to work with. So, uh, so that that's kind of, I guess, in a nutshell, who Forerunner Blinds are, who Forerunner is. Um, we've since then we've branched out to do several other products. Um, and you've probably seen we we started getting into the e-bike thing a little bit, John. We started um, we've got a product we call the Alpaca. Uh, transport and the alpaca transport outback which you see them at the ata mm-hmm. um you can haul your e-bike and your receiver hitch of your truck or the outback will fold down with wheels and you can put your kayak on there or deer and put a hitch system on your e-bike and you're set so so them are a couple new products that we come up with so and i was doing that you know as we were kind of sitting there through COVID <laughs> wondering what, what, what things are going to look like, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. So that's, yeah, it, 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 it was, you know, it is kind of a struggle. It still is a little struggle. We've got manufacturing kind of um, figured out a little bit, um, a little better um, during that, during that time I did lose my manufacturer that was mm-hmm. building my blinds originally because um, well, you know, you couldn't go to China. So yeah. there were several other, investor firms that were looking to build products in the United States and bought my manufacturer out, which is completely fine. I understand that. And he's a good buddy of mine and I congrats on him on a huge sale. And he is, uh, he's, he don't have to work too hard anymore. So good for him. So, but, but with that, with that, I had to go out and, and source kind of build our own shop and source our own stuff. And, and uh, so we're, we're getting it figured out. We've redesigned, that blind, I think when you've seen it, it was aluminum. Uh, we're mostly metal now just for a cost standpoint, and then our latches are a little different. And then our hitches will pull out And um, because we've got guys that like to use them on a raised platform. They'll build like a four- or five-foot platform. 
and uh, and just put uh, two sheets of four by eight plywood on there and set it on there and and uh, clamp it down, and then they take it off and use it in the spring to chase turkeys. So it's a pretty good dual purpose. And for up here, I wanted something um, that wasn't wouldn't collapse in the wind or the snow. You know, that's a big thing up here. You get you get a, nothing against a pop up blind. They have their they have their places, um, but I, I don't appreciate when I come out there and they're all stuck to the ground because they got to put a snow out of it. Then I got to dig them out. So yeah. so these here um, they're designed to withstand all of that. Now they won't withstand a tornado. We had a tornado <laughs> go through here in March, and and uh, several of the guys that I'd sold some to um, they got caught up in a tornado and uh, kind of destroyed them, but. Mm-hmm. Anything it, a tornado will destroy anything. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Oklahomans kind of, are a little yeah. bit familiar with tornadoes, so I, we don't we don't yeah, hold that sure. against you. We don't hold that against you. <laughs> no, that's just no, that's kind of the deal. But no, you know, blind weighs 160, 165 pounds. Um, that covers a 600 600 poly D um, cover. It's got two zippers on, which you've seen on either either side of it. You take your cover off. Um, so it don't fade and all that stuff. There's sometimes you're not using it. Um, it's got brush loops in it and, um, you know, it'll hold four to five people. Shoot. We stick our kids in it and it'll hold four to five people. And then we go ice fishing in it too. I don't know. We use it as an ice fishing hut, which you all probably don't get that cold. You don't know what ice fishing is. So, <laughs> no, so, actually, uh, it's kind of funny <laughs> to say that. Uh, I think it was, I think it was the meat eater guys. They put out a map of the United States uh that it was basically you could or could not ice fish in these places and that's whether you had a real winter or not and they put oklahoma on the you can ice fish map and i i I put it out on my social media i was like has anyone in oklahoma ever ice fished and there's a few people that you know once back in you know 1987 it got super cold for a couple days but but consistently no we we do not ice fish here yes (laughs) you know that's kind of the deal up here in the winter time so yeah it's it's a good time too. We enjoy pulling some fish through the ice, so yeah. it's kind of deal. But yeah, that's kind of a nutshell, I guess. Who Forerunner is and where we're where we've come from, I guess. And awesome. um, so yeah, that's just kind of the deal. So, so is, um, it, is it a six by six? Yeah. So so the inside height on it is seventy eight inches tall, and then front to back you're seventy two by seventy two. And um, then our chute, our, our, our door in it is 32 by 64, so you can get a wheelchair in and out. That's kind of when I first designed it. I uh, wanted to make sure we could do that. And then the corner windows, um, they're 14 by 36, and the side windows are, are 34 by 22s. And our screen, and I don't know if you remember that or not, our screen moves left to right. Mm. Um, instead of up and down, I, I didn't want something where we had to take clothespins out after mm-hmm. our screens got little clips on them that you push button clips. So they hang on to the, um, the strap really nice. Um, but, but yeah, I didn't want that to get stretched out and you got to use clothespins to hold them up eventually. So, mm-hmm. so we, we don't have that problem with our blinds at all. And, um, yeah, that's just kind of, kind of a deal, I guess. So. They're like I said, they're very, very user friendly. I, I'm, I'm a type of guy that <clears throat> I'm a wind guy, and wind, wind guy, and maybe a little procrastinator. I don't know. So, so when I say procrastination, is you know that 
you're you're maybe stretching your luck out on the wind and you're hunting certain areas you know we've all been there mm-hmm. you're hunting certain areas and you're thinking okay now i can we'll just spray down a little extra and that deer ain't gonna smell me well this guy <laughs> i always seem to get busted if i push my luck or or you know like hanging a tree stand or something you know i really should have moved that tree stand because the deer are coming out on this side of the plot i should really do that this here takes that work out of it you know literally 30 seconds you pop your blind up and you're moving moving it yeah. you can just you know grab for, a hold of it uh, for my listeners your... something they'd probably be more familiar with is uh down here hog traps on wheels are pretty popular you know a little axle under it there same you concept so you can pop that axle under it pull it around with your four-wheeler when you get to where you're going drop it down and you're ready to go so same concept there you there. go mm-hmm. yep yep there you go there you go and i and and so for me i guess it, it's taking the excuse out of man i should have <laughs> moved it well, now if you don't move it, you're just play club lazy. And uh-huh. I, I, I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about myself. Probably not yeah. your listeners, but myself. Yeah. If I don't move it, I'm just being being ignorant and kind of plumb lazy. So, <laughs> well, it's, so it's funny we've taken. It's funny that. you bring that up because that's actually what made me think of you. Uh, that I need to give you a call because I have a you know metal framed uh, similar type ground blind. And uh, the mm-hmm. frame of it is still sitting next to our barn instead of a mile and a half back from the house where it needs to be <laughs> ready for that same purpose because it, it's just hard to yeah. move. You know, it's it's a yeah. it's a task to get it back there. And so, uh, yeah. so, yeah, you can throw me into that lazy category. If, if I had it on well, this, it'd I definitely don't. be back there. <laughs> Well, no, you're. I, I, I'm talking about myself here, brother. <laughs> so I don't want to call anybody out. But, uh, but no, and we, we've got. Well, and the, the kind of a neat deal about it is too is even if you've got an ATV trailer or whatever, um, we'll stack them, flip them up on edge on that trailer and drive your ATV right up in inside of them. And I've got guys. We've shipped them down to Louisiana, Texas, all over Mississippi. I had one one gentleman. Um, I think he bought three of them off me and. He has a big lease in Nebraska, and that's what he did, too. He said, I can fit my ATV right up in the middle of them, Hmm. you know, so you make sure the covers are off. It's just a steel frame and flipped them on his 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 16-foot trailer and stacked his ATVs on on top of them, inside of them, and Hmm. flipped his lease in Nebraska and and, – and uh, got along real well, so so that's I mean they're, they're easy to move around mm-hmm. from that type from that aspect of things I guess so, um, but uh, but yeah, awesome. yeah I uh, I definitely see the uh, the turkey hunting benefit from it um, you know pop it up on the wheels if you you know let's say you parked it on one side of the field in the morning birds came out from the other pop it up pull it to the other side and you're ready to go absolutely absolutely and that well. To me, also for for me, it gets me where we can get them young kids out there, and, mm-hmm. and they like to move around, yeah. you know. So it kind of helps hide all that movement. But no, that's exactly the way we use them. I mean, we'll move them in. Um, I, I, we always call it. We put them toms to bed at night, you know, mm-hmm. find out where they're at, and move that blind in, and because it's quiet, and you know, you um, it gives you a little bit of an advantage for that. So I am. Um, yeah, it works really good for that. Really good. Yeah. So, and you can, yes, pull, it, yes, you can pull it with a ATV or a side by side, or even one of your e-bikes, yes. e-bikes, right? Yep, yep, yep. So, if you've got an e-bike, I know there's a lot of them out there. We have a a hitch that we call the hookup hitch, which is on a website. Um, it's adapted. It'll adapt to like a quiet cat, a baku. It should adapt to. Um, 
most bikes out there, you may have to, on the where the plate goes into the Payoneer rack, you may have to drill a couple holes to fit it so it's, it attaches right there. But, um, yeah, it, it's pretty neat deal. It really is. And, and that hookup hitch, we're able to put it like the mini alpaca on the back, which is actually our – started out to be our – golf club carrier you know in <laughs> golf courses and now it's now it's become it's become a carrier to i'll pack tree stands in and 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 tree stick you know climbing sticks and and all that stuff and my brother and he my brother and a buddy of his went out to montana last uh fall to go elk hunting and they were in grizzly country so they packed their electric post and hot wire and you know their electric fencer up with them just put it on the back of the bike there and work your age so so there's that that hookup hitch has become kind of universal to a couple other different stuff we've got going on so but yeah yeah you can pull it around with an e-bike and i would you know when i say that we're talking pretty flat terrain mm -hmm. you know because um, it does have some weight to it you'll have to learn it mm -hmm. um if you got a little bit of hills, you know it, it's it's got some weight. It'll kind of push you around a little bit. But uh, but yeah, if you're mostly moving around in your food plot or from one food plot to the next, and you mostly got flat terrain like you all in Oklahoma or mm -hmm. I say Oklahoma and Texas, you know that mm -hmm. part of the country, even up here in Iowa, you get along with it really well. Yeah. So um, the only thing would probably be is if it gets a little muddy, you're going to probably lose traction. Is what's going to happen on your e bike. But uh, but yeah, it can be done. Yeah. Can be done, so now, we do it. I got so. I got to ask this question because I know there's somebody at home thinking it. Uh, is this thing highway legal? No, sir. <laughs> okay, I didn't think so. I no, sir. Like, the, I know there's somebody no, like, sir, hey, I got a blind on wheels, huh? No, 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 sir. No, sir. Let me tell you something funny on that because I've been there. I know somebody's going to do it at at chance. Where you like, hey, dear Kim, hey, let's take this thing out. You know, mm -hmm. after we have several beers in you, hey, let's take this thing out. And I will tell you, at 25 to 30 mile an hour, it becomes a kite. So <laughs> okay. it will it will lift off the ground, hit the ground, and come back down. But no, it is not highway legal just okay. because it has – so the, 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 the wheels on it, you know, they're no flat wheels. They're mm -hmm. 2 inch by 20 inch. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, yeah, they're no flat wheels. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, if you flip it on a utility trailer or whatever, strap her down. Um, I always tell everybody, take your covers off. I've had several guys leave the covers on. And just going to 70, 80 mile an hour down the interstate or whatever, you will put enough pressure on that cover, you'll start blowing holes in it. Mm. Um, you won't mess the structure of the blind up, but you will you will uh, put some holes in it. But, you know, it takes you literally a minute, two minutes to take that cover off and zip it and just pull it off. So, um, but no, it is not highway legal. So, okay. now, once you buy it, and I'm not going to say you're out on a gravel road somewhere, you know, and you're going from one farm to the next, and then we do that but it is it is i'm just yeah moving it from farm to farm no not highway legal yeah so. had to ask had to ask yeah no that's all right well that's uh, all right. is there is there any other things on the forerunner side you want to get to or that we missed before we move on sure no no i think that's about um you know um i guess like i said we we started the alpaca transport um kind of the e-bike system on that um, I don't know that that's a part of Forerunner. Um, but uh, but no, Forerunner is um, it is has survived some bumps, you know, with COVID and being a startup company. You know, it it has survived some storms and it's doing well. Uh, we have some inventory. We are 
a little bit. I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, what we are trying to figure out. You know, we put a lot of these together and we're starting to just ship them out. Like, so if you order five or six of them, we'll just deliver them on a flatbed trailer. Um, to try to get away from the the boxing and just the the, the freight thing. You know, right now is kind of steep and. And uh, otherwise, it'd be in three boxes, and, and so we're still learning that. I, I'm I'm not gonna not gonna tell anybody that we've got it together, um, but we got a great product, and we'll get it to you. Um, but yeah, we're 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 trying to trying to um, kind of figure out how to do things a little better, and, and uh, go from there. So that's kind of the deal with that. So anyway, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're going to switch gears here a little bit if you're ready. And uh, yesterday sure. you, you were telling me about uh, just, you know, purchasing a new company. And so I'll let you introduce yes, it and, and talk about all the cool stuff that comes along yeah, with it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So Forerunner has purchased Monster Mail. Um, actually, you're one of the – well, you're the only – public guy out there that that is that uh, yeah that we've told yet so uh, this has been an acquisition we've been trying to get finished up for several months and it's getting close well it's it's a done deal we're moving most um we're moving inventory to iowa so we can ship out here mm-hmm. um same great people um we're going to use the same meal um, that monster meal was originally with they're great people they're a great product um it's just we we felt it was they they actually come to us and they were looking for a a farm ranch family and that's who we are. Um, we understand feed. Um, like I said, we have um, livestock. We've been in the show show industry and and we run bucking bulls and and fraturity and them classic bulls too. And so you know we know no feed a little bit and or a lot I guess I should say. And and so we thought it'd be a good fit and. We um, we've we've purchased Monster Mill. So so the cool thing about Monster Mill, and I, and I don't is is a lot of it is how the mill processes different feeds and different things like this. You know, like this product here and this product here. You know we've had we've got over seventy five years of, of animal nutrition back into this product. You know it was designed by several avid deer hunters. Um, we've done forty different pilot tests. We've done, I mean, extensive research on 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 the palatability and uh, the attract the attractant and just just um, feed and the mineral side and and they've they've done it very well, very well. Um, I there again, like I said, we're we're uh, with Canadian Whitetail TV. Um, they're on the Pursuit Channel. Look them up. Dean does a great job. Been on the program for a couple of years here. Um, Definitely puts mass and, and size into them deer. Um, and then Realtree, um, we are actually a um, Realtree's official feed. So, know the Jordans very well. Great people, great company. Um, big shout out to them guys and uh, for trusting us with their feed needs. And, and I, I, I don't know. We're in a drought up here, mm-hmm. John. And it, I think, I don't know. We struggle with food pots you know we put food pots in kind of like probably like everybody else does but if you don't get no rain it's just hard to get anything to grow you know mm-hmm. um where where this here um you can fill a feeder and know that deer's going to get exactly what he he needs you know he's going to get his vitamins his his zinc you know he, you know he's going to get his potassium his calcium phosphorus 
you know, um, copper, all that, all that good stuff, you know, in, in a in a feed package. So, I, I we thought it was a good fit for Forerunner, um, j- just because of the company and the people that's behind it. And uh, so, yeah, so we are uh, we're we're the owners of Monster, Monster Mill and proud of it. And uh, we're excited to see where it'll go and and the people behind it. And, and uh, yeah, awesome. so. Um, yeah, we make a, we make a mineral block. We have a a um, a protein block. Um, that's a twenty three percent protein block, and then we got different mineral supplements. We've got five pounds, twenty pounds. Um, there's a, there's feeder pellets in there. Um, they're they're more forty pound feeder pellets that we've got. We've got that product, and then we've got also your attractants um, that are. Um, are there are six pound and twenty pound attractants? So, so yeah, and I shoot, we've got guys even bear hunting over the attractants. Mm-hmm. I sent some two guys up here in Minnesota. Bear season started, mm-hmm. and uh, they're getting or they're getting ready to, to go hunting. I guess I should say. So they've got cameras up and and they're um, watching bears. And yeah, it's just kind of a neat deal. So, so yeah, that's kind of the kind of in a nutshell who Monster Meal is. So excited to. I don't know. Um, bring it to to the public that we've got it, and mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens with it. I guess so. Awesome. Um, you uh, yeah, you, you, yeah. You probably don't know that most or know this. Most people outside of the state don't, but uh, Oklahoma has a bear season uh, in the southeast. Do they really? Yep, in the southeast I'll portion be. of the state. Um, I, I believe I'm getting this right. I believe they originally uh, introduced them back into Mississippi, and from Mississippi they went to Arkansas, and then now from Arkansas. They're coming into eastern Oklahoma, um, and so it, it it started several years ago, and they had like a real you know tight quota. Um, but I believe mm-hmm. it was just last year. There's a I want to say there's six to eight counties in the southeastern part of the state that now have like an open archery season, um, and then they have a limited quota muzzleloader season uh, a little bit later. Um, but yeah, yep you can you can hunt and kill bears. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. So. That's very cool. You know, it's hard to kind of for me. I I'm kind of a homebody just mm-hmm. because of what we do. So I don't get out of out of the, the the out of the state of Iowa very much. But I've got some good friends in in Arkansas that have monster bears on their ranches too. Mm-hmm. Just monster bears. I mean, and it's when you think bears, you always think a really cold climate. Or for I I do mm-hmm. think a cold climate, and you're thinking out west or north somewhere but yeah there's there's some big bears in arkansas too so so very cool very cool very cool so yeah i'm a i'm a big fan of mineral blocks instead of granular mineral um when i was Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. just graduated from college and you know i wasn't married and thought i had all the money in the world and going into that first deer (laughs) season i i went all out and uh, i bought a whole bunch of of granular mineral went and poured it out and hung cameras over it and uh, within 48 hours, there was not a grain left. Those hogs absolutely oh, loved God, that no. stuff. I mean, I had I oh, had pictures no. of hogs like on their back rolling <laughs> in it, and, uh, and they ate every bit of it. And so oh, um, no. I switched it up and moved to a block. And, uh, and they'll, they'll come by and they'll kick it around a little bit, but they can't just devour sure. the whole thing at once. Yeah. And so, yeah. so, yeah, I learned the hard way. Yeah. Mineral block is the way to go around here. Yep, yep, yep. Now that's what that's what we do too. And in, in, in the state of Iowa, you know, we can we can feed up till hunting season, and then all that's got to disappear. So, you know, and I don't know, you know, right now everybody's talking about EHD right now, um, blue tongue, because it's been so hot. 
Um, but we've only been hot and dry for the last, you know, for, for I, I, in my opinion, for the last 45, 60 days, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think we're going to save mo- a good majority of them older class bucks. Mm-hmm. I, I really think we will. But, but also I do think that the, the owners that are out feeding them deer give them a little, little leg up on some of that. You know, they're just getting some nutrition into them and they're not stressing them out, looking for feed to, mm-hmm. you know, browse and different things like that when you're hot and dry so so yeah that's kind of kind of where we're at i guess so anyway but uh so yeah no that's i don't know so but yeah i was gonna say if you guys on the monster mill um look us up on our website uh monster mill we got facebook also shoot us a message if y'all's interested um if you order it we'll get it out to you um ship it out to you also and and if you if you've got a big ranch and you want several pallets um shoot me a message or uh if you make it it'll either go to keaton and i keaton or i he's uh, i think you met keaton he was out there at ata too um so they'll go to one of us and we'll reach out to you um on the blinds if you go to foreignerblinds.com you can check the blinds out there the alpaca e-bike systems are at alpaca trans dot com you can check them out there um yeah shoot us a message like i said we'll reach back to you and uh yeah i appreciate it so much john yeah. appreciate it a bunch and yeah, yeah you, wish you guys wish everybody out there a happy and safe hunt season because i know it's right around the corner mm-hmm. so yep. so yeah do uh That's do you need to get coming. going or can i ask one more no t- like no go question. ahead buddy man i, I have a Absolutely. bunch of questions i want to ask i'm trying to narrow it down ask me so I, ask uh, me. I'll, no. I'll, I'll try to make this one quick uh so I, I think we talked about it at the at the show. Uh, I bought this year my fifth Iowa point, and so next year I should be able. And, and I, I still got to figure out my hunt schedule for next year, but I believe I could go hunt just about anywhere in Iowa I wanted to next year. Um, so as a non-resident coming out to Iowa, what can somebody expect to? You know, what kind of deer hunting can somebody expect? I guess. Um, I. So, so that that's a really good question. That is a really good question because I think there no, no. I kind of chuckle about it because there's two to me for for me to answer that question with being a native here and and I. So with what we do and we're in the harvest season too, we're getting corn and beans out, so we're not in the tree every every day or, so I I let them deer tell me basically what's going on so so when we're out when we're out in the country here we're driving from farm to farm and you start seeing bucks moving around like just cruising like you will see 180 you know 160 stuff like that just out in the middle of daytime that that's that is that's a time to be sitting in a tree and and the game is rolling um for for an outer stater to come in um I, you're, basically i look at basically november 4th to maybe the 14th in there and then i really like thanksgiving right around thanksgiving i really love thanksgiving i've had probably i've shot my biggest deer right around thanksgiving and i think it probably some of it is we're still in the field doing some harvest stuff mm-hmm. and you know they're already on those by the time i we get out of that you know get out there around thanksgiving we've kind of caught up with all the cattle stuff and all the harvest stuff and we're able to not sit in a tree and think about stuff that we need to do <laughs> and i'm able to go hunt and enjoy it 
And that Thanksgiving week there, between that, between Thanksgiving and the first um, shotgun season in December, seems to be really, really good. So I, I would, I would, Outer State coming in, it, it'll be fast paced. I, I really, you're, unless we get some heat, if we get some heat the first of November, you'll be like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. You'll like, you'll be very disappointed. But if it's cool, it, it, it is a blast and, and there is we, we've been very blessed to have um, so, some nice nice managed well managed deer herds here in Iowa and even on public and even if you catch a lease or private stuff you know um, there are some really good deer out and it's 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 fast paced and it's fun and yeah it's just um, it's kind of hard to describe a little bit because um, I I almost think each farm with us, each farm is kind of different. And I say that because I think it depends on, on your doe number. So if we take off, you know, 10 does off of this farm last fall, I think it's a little faster pace because them bucks got to travel more, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they got a few less does on that farm. And, and so they're, they're, they're cruising a little harder. Um, but no, um, yeah, it, It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I, you know, you just get up here in November. It'll be fun. Yeah. So, um, but I, I would that 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 if you can't be here the first part of November, that for me that Thanksgiving to the first shotgun season is really really good. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, okay. it's That's funny, kind of my I, opinion, uh, I guess. I think it was uh, about four years ago. I uh, loaded up my wife one weekend and took her on her dream vacation to the Iowa Deer Classic. And, uh, which it's it's hard for me to make it up there because, uh, Oklahoma actually has their big show the same weekend as Iowa. Um, but, uh, but about four years ago, my wife and I packed up and went and, uh, she actually loved it because she got to hold a baby grizzly bear. There was a guy there with baby bears, Uh, but, uh, but I loved going around. I mean, it was, you know, obviously it's a huge show. Um, the who's who's, you know, if you've ever seen that person on TV, they're going to be there. Um, but I love, you know, talking to people. And one thing that kind of stuck out to me though, is it seemed like on average, you know, your average deer hunter there was chasing roughly the same caliber deer that I chase here. And and that most Oklahomans, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhat have an opportunity out, you know, not monsters, Mm -hmm. but good, respectable deer. The difference was almost every single one of those people at some time in their life would be like, oh, well, and then I killed this, you know, 207, or I killed this 193. Yeah. You know, it's like like they all had that, that Iowa dream deer that everybody dreams yeah. of. Not near as many yeah. Oklahomans have that, that buck on the wall. As, uh, but, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's awesome. I, I we, and, and, yeah, you say that, yeah, that – so I – you know, we we chase them one sixties and one seventies, and I get a thrill out of chasing them just just as big, just as much as I do them bigger deer. We have been blessed to, you know, my brother he he shot a deer that's over two hundred, and I've shot a couple deer that's uh, one that's you know quite a bit over two hundred, and 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 we've got others that are close to two hundred. But I still get, I mean, right now my top deer that I want to pl- that that I want to take. It, that's the top of my list this year is a mainframe seven. That's probably 160 inches, mm-hmm. just a freaking beast, you know, and he's just a, he's just a seven. Mm-hmm. I've got a, so the kind of joke is we've got a six on one farm and he's a big six. I bet he'll go 150 ish and he's kind of got a belly on him, kind of got some age. And, 
So I, I told my brother Kevin, I said, well, if I shoot a 6, 7, I've got an 8, 9, 10, and a 13 on the wall. So I have it about all figured out. See? Yep. So, so you know, but but that's, that's coming from me. I mean, I don't know. We we look at them them big deer. If they get away, um, we're, we're blessed to be in an, in an area that if they do get away, we look at that as, as genetics. So they're breeding does. Um, that's your next genetic pool coming up. That's what you want, you know. Um, several years ago, that, for instance, kind of a deer story when Kevin shot shot is we called him Palmer, um, just 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 a beast, you know. And it, we had several that deer gave us slip on several different times we were hunting him, and he was maybe with three or four does all through that November breeding season. And I kind of took took from. I don't know, for us, for a lesson for me, I guess what I took from that is, you know, the bigger, older bucks probably don't get as many does serviced mm-hmm. as we think they do. At least this is coming from us, from our from our little operation, from, from what we gather. So, you know, if you can get them where, say they do give you the slip and you run out of time and you don't get it, get, get the deal pulled off and that deer makes it another year, he's just going to get older and and yeah, you may get a little smarter, but you know, I believe in that age structure, getting that deer seven and a half, nine and a half. And I, I think that's when they really blow up, but you probably got listeners that disagree with me, but that that's for us, mm-hmm. for us, that's where we see the big jump. Yeah. Um, so why not let them breed a few does? And, and then always for us, we always take our old does off so that them young does come up just in case that is a set of genetics out of that deer you know but that that's me getting into the genetic side and that's where i get a little goofy with it i guess so mm-hmm. that's what keeps me going with it yeah. so yeah. um well, yeah that's kind of well i'll get myself in trouble with my own listeners i warned you about this before we started recording uh just kind of a hot topic that seems to keep coming up in oklahoma is uh right now we're a two buck state and there's a lot of people that want to pull that back to a one buck state because they think it'd be it'd make people more selective, you know, not to shoot in the first thing that come along, which which mm-hmm. I get, you know, I, I'm torn on this subject myself. But a lot of people look, you know, just north of us to Kansas. Kansas is a one buck state, and they have all these, you know, giant deer. People love going to Kansas. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of people will be, oh, you know, like Oklahoma could be the next Kansas or the next Iowa. But you know, I think it's something a lot of people forget is Iowa's not a one buck state. It's uh, it's a two to possibly three, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 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 So you get, so I get a, so what I do, we get a landowners and then I bow, buy a bow tag. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's, so I use one tag for a cold buck and then I use one tag for just a, you know, like this, this seven or whatever, if I get an opportunity to shoot him, you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's that's you almost John. That's almost a trick question there. Um, it is on that. Because on I'm, that, yeah, I'm I'm the same way as you. Like you know, which rarely do I have two mega trophies in a year anyway. Um, but w- sure. I have I have a lot usually of you know old like seven you know six seven eight year old eight points that are you know some might mm-hmm, be one twenty might be some might be one forty. Um, but not what I would consider a trophy, but they're old, mature deer. And so a lot of times I'm using, you know, one tag on a buck like that and then saving my other tag for a trophy. And, and I get that not everybody mm-hmm. does that, but I think there's a whole lot more to the equation than just, you know, if we go to one buck state, all of a sudden we're going to be a trophy state. Um, 
you know, like I just, you know, I was known as the the corn capital of the world, you know, and and soybeans, you know, is a huge part of it. The, yep. the soybeans probably do more for the deer than the corn, I would guess. Absolutely. Um, and, Absolutely. Uh, and Oklahoma has some ag, but, you know, overall it's more of a cattle state. Um, and, you know, Bermuda grass is just not very nutritious for a whitetail deer. That That's true. And, and I, you know, I would say your genetics too is going to play part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, that, and I, I still say we need to manage our does. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we manage your does. I think you, you're going to, well, I shouldn't say I think you're going to take, pressure off of them larger bucks that have that potential to blow up or take a pressure off of them, them bachelor groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you manage them does and then take, take a, you know, take several does out of your farm or your lease or whatever. I, I think you'd take, you, you would notice um, probably some of them bucks kind of fill out and blow up just a little bit, just because number one, they're going to have, you know, more, more browse for them. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a pressure, social pressure deal too. I don't know. Um, yeah, the, the one buck deal, boy, I don't, um, for me, I, like I said, I, we do two, two bucks. I, I personally, I don't take any more than that, but we will shoot several does. And I, I think there's more to that. I agree with you, John. There's more to that. Um, there's more to that than just saying let's let's be a one buck state and our deer blow up there's more to it than that um you know there's feed nutrition you know if well nutrition feed is kind of same way um deer management um and just just kind of genetic wise Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's a big thing too um i was i was listening to a uh, old buddy of mine the other day um so I sell him some corns, plant corn, Austin Chandler. Mm-hmm. He's out of Illinois there, and him and I were talking about it. He bought a farm here in Iowa and just up the road from me a little bit. And um, he's been looking for a farm for a while and um, kind of got him pointed in the right direction. And and um, so, you know, he was he was saying, you know, it, it's not a great big farm, but it's got the genetic potential. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been 200-inch deer shot all around it. Mm-hmm. So it's got that genetic pool and he was able to purchase a, a great farm. And, and uh, so, you know, he's, he's in the right neighborhood. So that's where I would, I guess, kind of think about that too. Yeah. So I got, I got so, one more management yeah. question for you. I, Absolutely. I, I'm buddy. just pulling these out, out of my sleeve right now. I wasn't planning on going into this, but I'm, I'm loving this conversation. No, do it. So let's, let's um, do it. Let's do it. So, you know, you're talking about how an important part of this is shooting does. And I agree. And that's something I'm, I'm pretty bad at. Um, but I'm planning to get better. Um, I've heard two different theories on shooting does, basically when you should shoot does. Um, I've heard one argument is you should shoot them early season um, because that's going to create more competition for bucks and thus more movement. You know, they're going to have to, basically the, a buck is going to have to travel more in order to find a, a, a hot doe to breed. Yep. Yep. And then obviously the other side of that argument is I've heard you want to shoot does later because the more does you have, the more attractive it is for bucks coming in because they have more to choose from. They have more to, to you know, smell and try to breed. Uh, so what is your opinion on when somebody should shoot a doe? Um, so there is a time here in October we may shoot like one or two does and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we will wait till January to do most of majority of our doe harvesting. Um, I believe that if we take if you if you take your does out on your farm or your ranch in the years before you'll you'll get that competition. I think that's what I had mentioned earlier when we were talking here that competition for the bucks. If you take them ten or so does off of each ranch or whatever your buck to doe ratio is, if it's if you got a buck to doe ratio, to me I like a my, my buck to doe ratio is like one to four, or one to five. Hmm. Um, but I know I manage some properties that are literally one to fifteen, mm. um, and and the the them owners are going to work on their does this fall and, and this winter to try to mitigate that problem and and get it more balanced um, doe and buck ratio. But I, I don't know I I don't know. Well, it goes kind of the same theory as as. Um, you know, they, they say, well, if you shoot a yearling off of a doe, that makes that doe come in estrus a little sooner, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, some of this is daylight time, too, and this is the way God created it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that buck's going to, when that doe comes in, that, them bucks are going to smell that doe. I don't care if it's if it's, it's one or two does. Yeah. They're going to, you know, they're going to they're gonna chase that doe, yeah. you know. Now, now your, your bigger, mature bucks, they're pretty smart. They're probably going to, they're going to hold back. And what you're going to see is a bunch of one twenties or spikes, you know, so that, Oh, the other year tickled me. Uh, I had this little deer store here as last fall had a, had a, um, doe come by tree stand 30 yards. And, uh, Oh my goodness. She had two spikes on her. She had a four and there's, there's another six or an eight on them. She had four or five little bucks and they were just, just chasing around this tree and chasing around, you know, the guy, the, the, the deer that the big guy, he was just stood off in the back, you know, mm-hmm. um, he wasn't going to have, he, he didn't want the competition. Um, and I, and I think for us that I, that's what I've seen. Now I know there's, there's people that argue that, well, that, that there's, there's a sweet 48 hours in that, big 160 170 200 inches life in that fall there's 48 hours 72 hours that that deer is just tearing everybody up and and chasing all kinds of does Mm -hmm. i don't know i I don't know this is from my own experience hanging into a tree hanging on the side of a tree or in a blind where we've we've actually been able to, to shoot these big deer and they've always been by themselves and they've always been with one doe i've never seen well for like like palmer and and them type of deer hedge that we we couldn't nickname a hedge you know mm-hmm. we've never seen them with competition you know with other bucks chasing them so i don't know um i just think that once for us once we see big deer moving in the cornfields they're out at, at, at sunrise coming up and they're out in cattle pastures when those are the ground that's when we know that we need to be in a tree and that's kind of what we, we we kind of base it off of that really um and we don't really have a set time well we're going to be from november 8th or 4th to the 8th we're going to hunt this yeah. we don't really do that but we can do that because we live here right. so right. um we can we can kind of um I guess use that as our guide to what we're going to do, I guess. So, so that's kind of the deal, but I don't know if that answers your question or not. No, that was um, great. Yeah. Kind of, kind of run around, I guess, but, nah, but okay. no, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of, a, kind of the deal. So. Yeah. 
Well, man, yes. I could I could ask you a hundred more questions, but I want to be respectful of your time, and I need to get going. Oh myself, no, you're so, good, brother. Uh, real quick, you're before good. we close out, why don't you tell everybody uh, where they can find your stuff again, and then we'll shut it. Sure, down. sure, absolutely. So, if you guys are interested in blinds or more info on the blinds, look up forerunnerblinds.com. You can shoot us a message there. Um, also, the alpaca trans dot com if you're interested in any of that alpaca gear to haul your e-bikes around or even your your coolers um your coolers camping gear whatever um you check that out and then also monster meal if you're interested in any uh um, attractants feed pellets you name it um mineral blocks protein blocks look us up um like i said we're we're uh, ranch people and uh we want to um, help you achieve certain goals that you've got and uh, yeah we're just we're just family so um, we want to be your family and want to be treated like family and, and that's kind of who we are john so um we're we uh we put our cowboy boots on like everybody else does and chase cows and mm-hmm. do a little rodeo and and uh we're getting ready to go to vegas here in about a month and a half so mm-hmm. yeah awesome. so that's that's just kind of who we are awesome. so i love it man yeah, but uh, You'd you'd make a great (laughs) Okie. Well, I tell you what, um, if the winters get, I'm getting, (laughs) even though I live up here, Uh, I'm getting where I hate winters. Even I hate winters. I wish we could drive back and forth. Um, I caught COVID here. uh, It's been a a year or so ago. And after that, man, my feet get cold. And I don't know if Mm. that's that's anything Mm. to do with COVID or not. But I just... I, I do like Oklahoma and Texas. So Good. anyway, but, uh, but yeah, I appreciate your time and appreciate you, John and Absolutely. your audience. And yeah, like I said, I, um, yeah, I just, mm-hmm. we, we enjoy the outdoors and hunting and, and, uh, that's just who we are. So that's great. That's, that's great. Well, I tell you what, so. go, uh, go lay down a slammer this fall and we'll have you back on. <laughs> you can tell the story and then I'll get, ask you a couple more questions. So we'll do that we'll do that look forward to it so appreciate it john you have a good evening and and uh, appreciate you and and like i said everything you do and we'll uh we'll catch up later yes sir i appreciate it thank you yep take care all right folks that's gonna do it thank you darren for coming on i really enjoyed that i honestly did um especially that conversation there at the end um man just one deer hunter to another what we're seeing out there, um, you know, there's just so much information that floats around out there about deer hunting because so many people love it. Uh, that's sometimes just kind of hard to sift through. And, you know, honestly, what's right for one person is probably not going to be right for another because whitetail are just so unique. They cover such a vast area that there is just no one simple answer. So, but I think that's why we like them so much because, you just never know what you're going to get. So, uh, once again, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, I'm about to get out of here. I'm going to get packed up, head to Nebraska tomorrow. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Um, like I keep saying, hunting season's here. Um, make sure you're following me, especially on Instagram. I'm way more active on Instagram than Facebook. Uh, but anytime I go hunting, I love to bring you guys along. Um, anytime I'm out there at the ranch, I try to do some stories and stuff. So be sure to follow me, share it with your friends, share this podcast with your friends. Um, you know, this time of year is when a lot of people who are, uh, maybe not so into year round hunting podcast, start getting back into it. So share it with your friends, get ready for this season. Enjoy God's creation. Right back.